Ash Wednesday, we began our, uh, our next 40-day trek through Lent. And now sometimes when we think of Lent, it's that season that comes around, it's always right after Mardi Gras, right? It's that season that comes around every year, and the most common thing most of the time that's asked is, what are you giving up for Lent, right? Now that might range from a, a bunch of different things, from uh, your favorite soda, or all of them, to um, chocolate, to air conditioning. No, nobody's doing that. No, no, no. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you might be waking up a little bit earlier, coming to Mass on mor- in the morning, 6 a.m., which is nice and early, right? There's a lot of different things we can do for Lent. And it's one of those seasons, I think, that as it comes around every year, it comes around at this kind of interesting time in the calendar, always the end of February, beginning of March, that kind of, that time where our zeal around something like New Year's resolutions might have kind of died down, right? Life, life, like school got back into session after New Year's and the holidays, and all of a sudden, it's, it's March. We woke up, it feels like yesterday with the Christmas presents, and now it's March. And the world's kind of getting away from us, and it's kind of like life is just kind of speeding through this part of the year, because right around the corner, parents, is, Christ, is summer vacation. Kids are excited. Parents are dreading it, right? Grandmas, <laughs> y'all know grandma, otherwise known as babysitter, right? This time of year is an interesting time of year where the world just kind of like speeds through until summer when it slows down again. But this time of year also for us as Catholics is one of the holiest times of year. From the moment of Ash Wednesday, where everybody goes to church, everybody goes to get their ashes, right? From that moment until Easter, this focused time of Lent is always a very, very special time. Personally, this is my favorite time time of the liturgical year. Um, Not just because of the colors we wear, purple and gold, right? Um, But it's just, it's, it's it's a beautiful time usually of growth. It's not a comfortable time, but it's a time of growth. Like when I think about that image of it not being comfortable, but it being a time of growth, I have to think of things like like training camp for football, or those first few weeks of practice for any sport, or when somebody's trying to learn, whether it be dancing or an instrument or whatever, the first, the beginning, the first few steps are usually really, really hard. Like I remember I was in the sem- I, while I was in the seminary, I got to this moment of uh, looking in the mirror one day and thinking, wow, I got to do something, right? I was kind of, I was gaining a little bit of weight. I think uh, Christmas and Lent and like, and Mardi Gras, like there was a little bit too much cake and a little bit too much stuff in there. Like it was just rough and I'm like, I got to do something, still got to, but I got to do something. So I decided one day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go down to our gym, and I'm going to work out. So I'm like throwing on weights, and I'm doing all these different things. And it was awesome the first day. I worked up a good sweat. It was fantastic. I wake up the next morning, and I I couldn't genuflect in the chapel. (laughs) My legs felt like noodles 
they felt stiff and like noodles at the same time. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I felt like I was going to break every step that I, I walked. I looked like a Frankenstein movie in Fast Forward when I was going to the restroom in the morning and stuff. Like, it was bad. It was a really, really bad, like kind of Paul bet moment. But the beginning of that process of trying to work out, of trying to get back in shape, is always the most painful part. Because it makes us grow the most. So to now, we're stepping into Lent. We're stepping into the, the time of year that every Catholic in the world basically steps back and says, how can I grow? This focused time of year where we're ready to give something up for the sake of growing in our relationship with God and growing in our own holiness. And honestly, at the beginning, we usually approach it with a lot of zeal, and then it's hard. There's a couple of things about Lent that it's not, it's not a second chance at a New Year's resolution. It's not simply that. It's not simply just an, a good excuse for eating a lot of crawfish on Fridays. Right? It's not just a good excuse for losing 10 pounds because, hey, I got to do the fasting thing also. Like today's scripture gives us a good understanding. Our gospel today gives us a good understanding of what it means to enter into Lent the way Jesus did. This is a period of 40 days for us, roughly. It's a little bit of, it's not quite 40 days if, you, if you, someone likes to count close enough. But it's a period of 40 days for us, this season, where we do exactly what Jesus did today where we get to go into the desert. We bring ourselves as a church into the desert. Now, why on earth do we do a desert? If we look at the Old Testament, the desert, there's two things that happens in the desert. There's two things that continues to happen in the desert from the time of Moses and the, and the Exodus all the way to the time of Christ. There's two things that happen. Number one, purifying. We are purified in the desert. And number two, we encounter God. If there's the easiest way for us to understand what Lent is about, it's about purifying ourselves so that we can encounter God better. And when we encounter God, we want nothing more than to purify ourselves. Well, purification first. Jesus today, he has these temptations that the devil throws at him. All of these temptations where, where the devil really is hitting on who he is as a, as a person. The first one, hey, why don't you turn that stone into bread? Now, Jesus hadn't eaten in 40 days. It's not the kind of fasting that we do where he, like, didn't eat meat one day. No, his, his fasting was no bread, no water, no nothing for 40 days in the desert. And I love how the scripture today says it. He completed his fast, and then he was hungry. Duh. But Jesus is tempted by the devil to turn a stone into a piece of bread. The devil's tapping in on his hunger, on his human hunger. I think, it's, I think it would be fair to say it's natural for him to be hungry. And Jesus doesn't do it. His second temptation, 
I'm going to show you all of the kingdoms of the world. I'm going to show you all the kingdoms, Jesus, that you came to save, and they're yours. All you have to do is worship me. All you have to do is bend your knee to me. All you have to do is raise me up. Again, well, if it's just about the actions that Jesus came to do, his entire mission on earth was to free, was to free all of the kingdoms of the world, all the people of the world, and claim them back as gods. And if he could have them given to him, it saves him a lot of suffering. Saves him a lot of heartache. Saves him a lot of pain. But he doesn't do it. Because he won't put the devil over the Lord, over God. The last temptation. Throw yourself off of the top of the temple, the highest point in Jerusalem. Throw yourself down and prove to all these people who are saying that you're not the Son of God, that you're not the Messiah, that you're not this and that you're not that. Prove to all of them front, once and for all who you are. Basically, make the doubters be quiet. Show everyone as loud and in one act, whatever you can, that you are the Son of God. I mean, Jesus knows that during the course of his life, during the course of his teaching, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to doubt him. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to think he has a different motive, that he's not who he says he is. Over and over and over again, it's going to, he's going to come face to face with people questioning who he is. And if he can end all of the doubt before he starts, it's a pretty good temptation. It's a pretty good temptation. No, I won't do it. See, Jesus is faced with three temptations. One for pleasure, for creature comforts. He's faced with the temptation of possessions, of all the stuff and the riches of the world. And he's faced with the last temptation of pride and of power. To say who I am and make sure everybody knows it. Those three temptations of pleasure of possessions and of power are the three spaces that I think God invites all of us into to really examine our own lives. God, what pleasures in my life am I holding on to just a little bit too much? If that's chocolate or Diet Coke, that might be what God's inviting you to let go of this, this, this Lent. What possessions? Am I, am I someone who's worried about the material too much? Am I too connected to my money? Maybe the Lord's asking us, hey, increase a little bit of giving to whatever charity. Maybe it's my pride. Maybe I think a little bit too highly of myself. Maybe I think of a little bit too much of my own ability, of my own power, my own status. Maybe the Lord today is inviting us not necessarily to have some kind of a reality check, but just to stand before him and recognize that we're not nearly as tall as we think we are. 
You see, every Lent we come and there's these three different words that get thrown around of fasting, of prayer, and of almsgiving. Fasting is the thing that works against that desire for pleasure that every human has. That goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Almsgiving is the thing that goes against us wanting more and more possession. And prayer is the thing that acts directly against our pride. Because we stand before God, we look God in the face, and we realize we're not Him. Fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, these are the three things that go all the way back to the very beginning. These are the three things that hearken all the way back to Adam and Eve of what they could have been doing or should have been doing. You know, when Eve looked at the fruit, she said it was good, it was good to the eyes. It was good to look at, a possession. It was good for food, a lust of the, of the flesh, a pleasure. And it, made, it would make her like God, the pride. You see, when Jesus is saying no to the devil three times, he's not just doing it haphazardly. He's not just doing it for no reason. He's doing it to undo the sin of our first parents. When Jesus is saying no to the devil in the desert, it's, he's saying that because a long time ago in a garden, our first parents said yes to him. Lent for us this year can be about just giving up a couple of things. A, a second shot at a New Year's resolution. An excuse either to eat crawfish or to lose a little bit of weight. But I got a feeling that every one of us here want this Lent to not be about something superficial or something small but that we want to dive into a deeper and more full relationship with God. Amen? I think every one of us here, in some way, shape, or form, is desiring that God speaks into our life in a new and powerful way. Amen? And if that's the case, then let's approach this Lent like Christ did in the desert so many years ago. Let's approach this Lent Truly looking at our own lives, where, Lord, do I need to fast? What is it in my life, what pleasure in my life has too tight of a grip? Where, Lord, is my greed, is my, is my own self-sufficiency kind of in the way? And where can I give? And where, Lord, am I proud that I raise myself above you and let me pray? Fasting, prayer, and almsgiving is the antidote to the Garden of Eden. And it's what Jesus encourages today in the desert of temptation. As we come to the Lord today, as he strengthens us with the bread that actually does heal, with the bread that does fill, with the bread that does strengthen us for the rest of this 40 days, let us approach the Lord with an open heart desiring nothing more than what he's got to give us this, these 40 days. Let us approach the Lord with a zeal. Lord, I want to follow you, even when it's hard, even when I'm hungry, even when I'm tired, even when it's hot. Lord, let me follow you closely. 
Let me follow you fully. Let me open myself up to be purified by you. The desert's all about purification. But in that purification, we encounter Christ. That same Christ who on Palm Sunday is going to be brought in in celebration and noise. That same Christ who's going to be crucified before those people again on Good Friday. That same Christ who's going to raise, be raised from the tomb. Who's going to show us all a sign of hope and redemption. Today, let us approach this Lenten season as more than just a second chance or an excuse. But let us approach this Lenten season, Lenten season desiring to be purified and desiring to see our God.